0: Normally, the comics from the Laugh Factory come down to see us, but tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we made a special trip to see who I believe is a very special person, none other than Rusty Warren appearing at the Laugh Factory. Hi, Rusty. How are you? Oh, wow. That was nice introduction. Thank you very much. I uh, uh, give you some quick background on my experiences with Miss Warren, which um, there's experiences we can actually talk about on the radio. Uh, when, uh, when I was a kid uh, my family never went anywhere they went to one another's house and they had house parties and then when they were sent the kids to bed my grandpa get out his party records and uh, we weren't allowed to listen to them but one day I got in trouble for going through his album collection and I found a Red Fox record and I found a record called Knockers Up yeah. which as a child I just thought was the funniest thing I still do And then, many years later, in 1986, I began my comedy career with the man who manages this club, Paul Hopp, that place called Finny Bones, and you had just been there a couple weeks before. I did all my stuff there. I actually own some of your albums, and it is an honor to be able to speak
1: with you. Well, that was a big, heavy, lots of words going there, but (laughs) I got it. I did have a lot of fun. And Paul met Paul when he was young. Mm You know, he was my boss. We used to, not only Phinney Bowls, there were a couple of other places. The so Pomp Room at 16th and Camelback? That's where I wasn't even rusty then. I was Eileen Warren, piano, and song. And you recorded your first album. album we read. Yeah. The first one we did right there. I did the 16th yes. and Camelback. Songs for Sitters. Yes. And the second one was uh, Pompano Beach in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. You started, out, nice. uh, you started out. You started studying music at a pretty serious place. Yes, doing conservatory music. I was a New Englander, brought up there, graduated. And, there. and you uh, actually played music or worked with Arthur Fiedler? Yes, I did. It well, we did. There were twelve of us. How does one? 12, go, how does one they go go from... twelve piano, big thing like they used to do it, and Arthur Fiedler did that all the time. How does one go from being Eileen Goldman to Rusty Warren? Well, Eileen Goldman was not printable on a sign. <laughs> my mother'd find it, uh-huh. I didn't want that to happen. Now, though I took it, it was Eileen, and then I started coloring my hair. I was a blonde, reddish blonde, mm-hmm. and they made it a color. They said, do you need a color? And I used to sit for Clara when they first came out. You know, they demonstrated. You want it? You want to ruin your hair, go sit. And I had three colors that day, and we liked the reddish blonde, they were just, coming out at that time, it's late 50, that time they were just coming out with a a reddish, outside of henna, was the only red they had using in those days. So that's what I did, and I said Warren, I lived in the corner of Warren, Mara Avenue, Milton, Massachusetts. That's how, It's how the Goldman got taken. You sold, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe, I
0: believe Knockers Up, sold one and a half million albums yes when people went to record stores and bought albums yes, you sold a million and a half which in any era would be huge yet you did it with no television or
1: radio exposure it was funny I, uh, what was the billboard was, is that billboard the, yeah yeah the so then, uh, the, magazine, the and music I was magazine on the hundred first hundred list and then you go up and up and uh, I think it was that's when I won knockers up was 1962 correct I recorded yep. late 60 61. And we were in San Francisco, and uh, Tony—he's still alive today. Was it the Condor Room? I know I wasn't working. They had their uh, giving you gifts and presents, and I was number one, first female of the year. Uh-huh. Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. Tony—he got—he uh, got male of the year. Male vocalist. So, yeah. Male yeah. Sing, uh for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, that great, and then two or three other people were there, and I was thrilled because you know it's the music company that did it, you know A and M and all those music companies uh, that ran, ran our albums that sold them. They would honorate us, and I was one of them. Where would I meet Tony, at that my, at that time? And Rusty Warren. It was odd because it was never played in the radio. They could well uh, Doc.
0: Doctor Demento. Yeah,
1: Demento was the first one that gave me a break. In those days, I, and you know to this day, I don't remember meeting him. If I did, he's going to kill me. I don't remember. <laughs> We've always, he's always done through his machine. He's always had a very he had a very influential uh, uh,
0: radio show for years. Yep. See, I didn't know that you'd been on the, on the Dr. Demento show. He I,
1: used my stuff. He He did a lot of stuff for me
0: without knowing me. He he, he would really it. dig in to find those things that that weren't being sold uh, yeah. to the mainstream by the big uh, by the big exactly. corporations. Exactly. He would find those things. You know, there's these other wonderful things going on. Your shows when you did uh, shows at Mr. Kelly's in Chicago when it was the number one uh, nightclub in Chicago. I have a theory about you, and I'll get to that in a moment. Why you were so popular, all right? Uh, but people would come for hundreds of miles. People would drive in from. Other states in buses. buses, people take buses. There were three hundred thousand people that belonged to the Knockers Up Club, and they, they join your club and they got a scroll. Yeah, that's right. Remember, they did that. Yeah, I mean, was that your
1: idea? No, the company, Jubilee. the company, Jerry Blaine. Jerry Blaine. Okay, um, what a promoter he was. He was, a, he was an incredible guy. I was. How am I going to get knockers anywhere? Lousy
0: movie yeah. producer. Because I understand it, he tried to produce a movie and that didn't Neil, work out for him.
1: Neil, his son is doing it.
0: Oh, his son's doing his it. But I mean, way back then, he oh, decided to go from the record from a uh, record business to the movie business.
1: I guess he did. I don't know. Yeah. Dad's still alive. I don't get to talk to him that much. But we on my last uh, starring thing that we did, the Slubbing Theater, that particular uh, one that they they uh, bought it, they made it, we made it. home. Oh, Rusty Warren, Lady Behind the Laughs, was the name of our DVD. And it told my, my, my story.
0: Yeah, oh no, that, that DVD very well.
1: Yeah. yeah, and that's all I made is what's now. There's no sense, I'm not, I haven't worked in years. Be interested. You don't have to though. You, you and were smart, smart with your money. I can't, I'm, it's over. What I said about sex, it died in late 70, and I retired in 84. Well, some people, some
0: people, uh, some people claim that uh, that you were part of the sexual revolution in the '60s, yeah. along with the pill coming along and the pill becoming available, oh, yeah. and a lot of stuff,
1: and that you were the, the sho- right decade for the for the subject I was doing, without being a vulgar. I mean, we had our Belle boss, but she was different. She's a great, man, great lady, Pearl Bailey. Pearl, well, Pearl was more. Starry, yeah, and yeah. she was a, a, a Greg. Everyone was individual. They were who they were. Nobody else is a Pearl Bailey. Yeah. Nobody else is Belle Bar. And I'm the last of the old Red Heart Mommas. Uh Sophie was still alive. Sophie Tucker. Yeah. And uh, I took a lot. She was my mentor in a way. And her great grandmother sometimes emails me and says, how you doing? you You're still around. So, you know, it's nice." Though no, I had, I said all. I needed to say, I wanted to say, at that time, sex began to be rough mm. rather than love. Mm. I dealt with Mr. and Mrs. America, you and your wife and the two kids. They can't get out, they, read, they did my album, took them home, played them at party. Their homes were being moved from Citify to suburbs and that did, ran off with my marriage. My stuff went all over that place. And they played it, and I collected uh, cards for every nightclub I was in, if you want to be get my mailing in it. And I didn't have computers, darling. They, I had a company in Chicago or Detroit that printed them as a printing company. And that's what he did. How you sent him the cards? He put them on a card, and then a little machine that did it, something. So I said, I'm coming 50 miles from Indianapolis. I'll be 50 miles from from um, up in Grand Rapids or something like that. I'm coming this day, this day, seven, usually 10 days because you catch the double weekend. That and the, the boss couldn't imagine. Everything was booked up before he practically gave a living because he got a car. You sold out everywhere you went. From, yeah. Amazing. When I was, I was so blessed, I was so blessed. Anyway.
0: Well, you were blessed, but you were also very talented. And I think that you spoke to, um, a large part of the population that no one was speaking for. When I was, uh, <coughs> one time I, I was watching Roseanne Barr on television, and I'm going, she's funny, but I'm not laughing, but I went home to the Midwest for Easter, and all my aunts and my mother and my grandmother were talking about it. I go, oh, this is the comic for them that is talking about the things that they want to talk about. And when I read about your audiences, so many women would come to your shows, because finally here was a woman talking about things that they were told they couldn't talk about. It was almost it was, you're right. It, 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 I almost you like therapy. That. Almost like therapy and comedy for them. Because oh, I'm not the only one. I'm not a weirdo for having these thoughts. It's okay. And here's a woman who's making it funny.
1: You're right. I never thought. You know, now that you say it, this is how I felt as a woman. I like sex. Why tell? Who's telling me not to? So now he's touching those ladies that were out there married to get the kids and all the thing, and I. I got a marching with the book. That's what started Knockers Up in Dayton, Ohio. My boss was an Italian guy, he opened the press and he started marching, come on, get me, I called him Knockers, but we didn't say anything about him. And he got the ladies out of his restaurant and nightclub, and he got a marching, and I started, da-da-da-da-da, started doing it on the piano. <laughs> All of a sudden, it hit me, wow, I got something here. And then I started working it working it out and, and talking about, go on, rock your shoulder, throw your shoulder back, shoulder, and the guys love you. I get, years ago, if you were dating and it was your husband here, he would engage, oh, well, she's got big balls. He, he would be pointing behind your bed, give her help, give her <laughs> help, give her help. You know, I mean, they would do that, and they both loved it. I, the men didn't hate me. They didn't go to cruise me, they didn't make a play at me, it was, Wow, you're my friend. I love my wife, and you understand her. Tell me about her. You know what? Like it was, it was a, a, a right decade.
0: You know, um, uh, anybody listening, of course, uh, uh, you can go on YouTube and see uh, clips of Rusty. I don't know if your music still, if your if your uh, albums are still available by mail order. Yes. Something like that. We're gonna put all your information up on our website. I've got tons more I wanted to talk to you about. They're getting ready to start the show here, so we're gonna have to yeah. cut it short. I wanted to talk to you about your Las Vegas career. You were there during the golden era. You knew people now that are that are myths and legends to so many people. I hope that we get another opportunity to speak with you. And we're looking to, where we're you with, from? Uh, where, well, we live here now. We live here. I originally grew up in St. Louis, no, Missouri. Oh, I am sorry. But uh, my wife and I live here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, we regularly do our podcast from the second coolest corner in all of Scottsdaleville, Goldwater, and Camelback. Because the coolest corner is Scottsdale and Shea, and that's where the Laugh Factory sits, right near the corner of Scottsdale and Shea, right. where that's we good. are tonight. So we'd love to have you in studio sometime if you're in town. We're looking forward to your show don't. tonight. Yeah. Rusty never, Warren, don't. thank you so much for taking this time with thank us. Thank you, bro. Give thank thank you. Thanks, Tony. All right. My name's Tony. This is the This American Podcast, comedy edition of ComedySchoolsRadio.com. We will be back shortly.